Have you dreamed of bigger things for your life? Then you are in the right place. Each week, you will be given tips on how to change your inner dialogue, conquer your goals, and ways to step into a higher version of yourself. I'm your host, Lauren Kubat. I'm a motivational speaker who hosts personal development events. I'm a sought-after fitness instructor, a wife, and a mom of two young boys. I'm obsessed with all things personal development, and I believe anyone can achieve the life they want. Let the Become Your Vision podcast be the inspiration you need to step into greater things. Now let's go. Hi guys, from the title, you should know that we are talking all about finances today. Uh, This episode has been a long time coming. I've been wanting to talk about finances for a while now just because I need to learn more about money and finances and from this episode, you'll learn that most women are not educated in this area and just people in general, but especially women, we should know a lot more than we do, myself included. The questions I ask, I'm like, what is that? What does that mean? What does that mean? I feel like a child learning to ride a bike for the first time. I am still trying to wrap my head around stocks and mutual funds, but she, Deborah Ostrom, is our guest today, and she definitely cleared up some of the confusion for me, and I know she will clear it up for you. And Deborah is one of my show sponsors. I'm so grateful for her. What Deborah does is she helps women become financially fit because finances can be very overwhelming. So she is a financial coach and helps women create their own financial plan with simple methods. And she offers one-on-one coaching, has an online program to help women take control of their financial future. I include all that information. We talk about it towards the end of the episode. All of that information is in the show notes with her website and Instagram handle. And I also want to mention that I am having a self-esteem boot camp because that is another area where we can all improve. I am looking to start it in March. It's going to be via Zoom, probably 7 p.m. Eastern time. I'm thinking a Tuesday night for four weeks. If you can't make it to one of the workshops, one of the nights, everything is recorded. So I will send that to you to get into the boot camp. It is only $17. I am still working up all the odds and ends, putting everything together. But if you want to be included in this or to get more information on this self-esteem bootcamp, all you have to do is send me the word bootcamp to my email. It's lkubat, K-U-B as in boy, A as in Apple, T as in Tom, P as in Penguin, T as in Tom at gmail.com. I don't know why I started (laughs) sharing all the letter phonics. Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know, but that's my email. It is in the show notes. Again, 
just send the word bootcamp to lkubatpt at gmail.com and I will send you all the information. And it's just another way to socialize with a group of women that all have the same goal and that is to increase our self-esteem. Okay, you guys, let's get into the show. Enjoy. You guys, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to talk about money, 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 money for a while now. And I've been wanting to have a guest on who is skilled in this area. So today we are talking about all things finances. And our guest today is Deborah Ostrom. In the bio, in the intro, you heard everything that she does. So thank you. Thank you, Deborah, for being on the show today. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here and talk about all of these, uh, you know, emotion, money is very emotional and so important mm-hmm. to all of us because obviously we all work hard for our money. So, and it's an important topic to me, having been working in the industry for so long and um, trying to help women have the best life that they deserve to. Mm-hmm. So it's great to be here. Yay. Yeah. Especially it's a topic I don't feel like is talked about enough amongst women and their money is emotional. And I want to first talk about the mindset around money and emotions. And I think the way our parents handled money has a direct impact on how we feel about money and handle money as a result and as an adult and, um, just like a backstory here, I want to share like growing up my mom definitely has come a long ways, uh, with finances, but I was one of five kids, middle child, you know, my parents were both working. And I think I know that my dad had such a, he just didn't know how to handle money. You would take out credit cards because it's like, Oh, 0% interest. And then, you know, he would get very emotional around money, like angry around money and talking about neighbors who had certain things. And wouldn't it be nice if we could have all that? And, I remember anytime like we used to check out at the, like the grocery store or Kohl's or wherever it would be, be like huffing and puffing almost. And then I would feel like this, this guilt for like, oh, he, he just spent money on me and that carried into my adult life. And I would say in the past year or so, maybe a year, I would probably say year, year and a half that guilt is no longer there because for such a long time, I felt like Anytime I spent money, it was like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to get this back? Even like $20, I'm like, I felt like an emotional attachment to the money. And I realized that I had to change my mindset around money. That was my limiting belief. And now when I look at money, I'm like, it's just for me. And it's, it's an exchange of energy. And I know there's always more to come. And I know it's constantly flowing in and flowing out. Like it's always going to be this like ebb and flow, um, you know, to it. So can you talk about the emotions around money and where it comes from and what you deal with when like women are coming in that emotional side of helping women get through it? 
Yeah, that is such a question. Um, I mean, because it's, you know, my even me growing up, I, my parents were separated when I was very young. So my mom you know, wasn't educated at all about any money, never. And, and the stress and anxiety around it was tangible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I, same thing. I mean, that is honestly what drove me to end up learning so much about it is because I grew up and saw the stress and it impacts so many of your other life decisions. Like, you know, she was so worried about money. She would end up not making good decisions about her health. Mm. or relationships and it really you know permeates everything in your life and I mean it's to me and it is so emotional and it's even even men don't want to admit necessarily how emotional it is but we're human beings right and emotions drive our decisions and it really it it's kind of like so many things in life kind of do need to be aware right like you had this awareness that you were sensing these triggers. Like, why am I getting so, why am I having anxiety over buying this $25 item? Mm-hmm. And um, so it's, and it's also, you know, this, this whole concept of having a budget, right? It's, you know, to me, it's, you, you do need a general rough guide to understand the picture of where your money is going, but it doesn't mean, and there's so many negative connotations around the word budget, like it's a super strict, mm-hmm. you know, thing. And, and as I'm sure, you know, in other parts of your life that living a life or an area of your life, that's so constricting mm-hmm. is just not going to be successful for the long term. I am a huge believer in moderation and if you are unfortunately in a situation where you are concerned so much about money, then instead of just, you know, as my mother did, you had a lot of anxiety. There are other ways to kind of see it in a more positive light or aspect where you're focusing on, okay, how can I, how can I incre- increase the income side mm-hmm. of my balance sheet, so to speak? And there are a lot more ways now to do that. Um, but I think it's, you know, recognizing that we kind of inherit these attitudes, I guess, and not, and, and because you're not aware, then you're not going to be able to kind of assess and change. And that, you know, that can even impact people's spending, Mm -hmm. your emotionally spending money, which obviously isn't a positive thing to do either. So you, you know, it's always going back to the root cause. There is something now that is becoming um, more prevalent out there for that. There's something called financial therapy. I don't know if you've heard of it. I only recently Mm. heard of it recently. And it's, it is to help people in more of this emotional aspect because um, it is, it is its own unique uh, specialty, so to speak, because especially when it comes to things like overspending when um, it's more of an addictive behavior because, yeah. you know, those things come out in someone's life 
so many different ways. And sometimes it's in that spending area. But I am honestly a lot like what you were saying, where, um, you know, money is a tool. It's, you know, something that you, you, you needs to have a proper place in your life. So right. Speak, right. Yeah. It's not the be all end all it doesn't define who you are as a human. It is, you know, something that can grow with investing. You know, it brings us joy when we get to experience things with our family, if that's what we're into. Yeah. And, you know, different people have different values or what they want to spend their money on. And it's very personal. So right. some people I spend think money in different ways. What you're saying too, I think the first step too is like thinking about how we think about money, like whether we constantly feel the need to have more or whether we are basing our worth uh, based upon how yes. much is in our checking account is to start to think about when we first knew about finances or how it was modeled when we were a child, because as an adult, you know, I we didn't, my husband and I, you know, there wasn't anything like, oh my gosh, we had a tremendous amount of um, credit card debt. There was, you know, we both had student loan debt. And I think there was anxiety that, that came from that. But I, I took the actions from, you know, my father and how he handled money. And I adapted it to my own life when that wasn't even, you know, we can make a, a problem out of nothing. And I've started thinking, oh, like I have some kind of problem and I don't know how to handle money and I'm not making enough money. And I was like, I had to really stop and think like, okay, well, why am I thinking these things? When was it modeled? And just like you said about any area of our life, if, if it's too constricting, we are going to blow a gasket when it comes to like fitness. If we're like, okay, we can only have 1200 calories a day and we have to work out this, you know, number of minutes every single day. And if we don't, we're going to fail. And I like that you mentioned there, there should be some type of flexibility because when I also first started to learn about budgeting and finances, everybody was talking about Dave Ramsey and this envelope method, you know, it's so funny because every time I mentioned Dave Ramsey before my husband and there's listeners that they, they followed him or whatever, but I try to adapt this because when our, um, checking his accounts fused together and there was no separate, it was, you know, just us when we got married. I was like, we should do this Dave Ramsey. And it's so funny. You had that reaction because my husband's like, Oh, like, I understand we have to budget, but that's like so constricting. It's like, I also want to enjoy my money. I don't want to like die and, you know, wait till we get to where we're retired and then be able to do things with our money. And I was like, you know, that, that is so, so true. So let, um, let's get into the basics of finances. I know there are tons of listeners, myself included, you know, we weren't educated in this area. Maybe it's your spouse that handles the finances. What are some of the basic things we should think about when looking at our finances or like bare minimum things we, we should like set in place or work on right now? I mean, it really is very similar to any well, not any, but a lot of other processes that we think about in our life. And I've been using the health 
fitness analogy a lot because, you know, the first thing you need to do is assess your current situation. So where kind of are you? Do you, do you have an emergency savings account? And, you know, there's some general guidelines out there and they talk about three to six months worth of income expenses, you know, should be in your emergency account. And, but once again, you know, that you need to kind of assess what you feel comfortable with and what kind of situation you're in to know whether am I most comfortable with three months or should I make it six months because I'm not really sure how my job is. So, but, but that really is one of the, the first things you need to have in case, you know, life happens. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it is that budget for just getting the sense of, you know, with my income coming in and the spending going out so that you can, you're out that next step of how much money every month can I um, you know, move off to get started investing so that my money starts growing for me. Mm-hmm. So, and then when you're assessing yourself, you know, you need to have goals for your money, just like goals for your fitness plan, you know, and, and it can be different for everybody. And, you know, whether it's retirement goals or, Some people might want to have a little money to start putting towards helping with kids college if that's what they're going to do. Because depending on what the goal is, determines how it should be invested. And it's all a function of time and what your risk appetite is. So, um, and, and that depends on, you know, how old you are. And then you can figure out you know, the right investment mix for that money bucket or money goal. Okay. Yeah. You, you said a lot of good points there. I just want to reiterate. So when we're starting our budget, you know, or starting to look at our finances, I should say, um, first develop an emergency savings account, whether that's three to six months, figure out the income coming in and income going out. What if there is a listener with a lot of debt and they're like, well, I, I just need to make more money. I want to be a millionaire. I need to make more money. Where, what do you suggest that they do first? You mean, as far as do you pay off first or do you start investing or correct? Yeah. So if they're like, I'm so much debt, how do I have an, how do I get an emergency, you know, savings account when I have all of this debt? I, you know, this is, kind of related to what we were talking about before, because I know that debt, having that debt hanging over you mentally, right? The the emotional part of it um, is, it can drive you not necessarily to make the best decision or, um, you know, bother you so much that all you do is want to pay that debt down. But it really depends on the kind of debt it is, because this is the other thing. Debt is a tool. It's mm-hmm. not good and it's not bad. It all depends on the interest rate of that debt. So yes, credit cards are crazy because they mm-hmm. charge you so much interest rate, but even student loans, if you were fortunate enough to have a student loan that is, you know, four or 5% in interest, 
that's not outrageously crazy. And if you have a long time frame to pay it back, you're actually, it depends on what your choices are with that dollar. The, what else would you be doing with that money? So if you can invest that money and earn 10 or 12% over the 10 years, well, you're ahead of the game because mm. the debt, you know, you're paying 5% on the debt, but you're earning 12% on investing it. So you're better off. Mm-hmm. And even though you still, you know, it bothers you to have it, but honestly, in the long run, you're better off investing the money and not paying the debt off. Right. Um, I think that's a hard concept for people to understand. I remember when my husband and I, you know, were talking before when we initially, you know, got out of school and we both had, you know, student loans and he had a different perspective on it than I do because I just didn't have that education around finances growing up. So we were taught like, okay, to be debt-free, debt-free and pay off debt. So we looked at, um, say my, your desk is almost full safe space by optimizing storage. Oh my gosh. Hopefully it doesn't cut us off here, folks. <laughs> like I just did this the other day. Um, and looking at debt is like, it's kind of like when we look at food, kind of like neutral, you sometimes have food that give us more nutrition. And the mm-hmm. same with, with, with we're saying is, okay, if rate is 5% on, on the stressed in, um, let's say, uh, retire account, I guess that's essentially thing or a property or whatever, you're getting 12% interest rate. You're better off debt and investing in something else. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, it, it's really just on what are you that, you know, you would be using to pay off the debt early. So right. it's, if, if you're just go out to dinner, go on expensive vacations, not paid off early, well, then that's a decision. But if you're going to actually get the money and use it to make money, then, and that, that you're going to get in return more than the interest you're paying student loan, then you're better off doing that. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing is this comes actually into life decisions in an absolute, of course, in an absolute world because you pay interest, but it's even like the did you buy my car or should I leave? Mm-hmm. Well, the long term, yes, it is cheaper because you'll get to use it and you'll have some years where you don't have. It. <laughs> but you, know, you you have a lower monthly payment. Well, for instance, monthly payment and invested in your Dart earning ten or 12 on that money over thirty years, that is going to do a lot better for you than buying the car versus. Car. Mm-hmm. So. It's kind of like, I see the world as a relative place. It's like, okay, well, why, or do I, it kind of, um, let's go into this of investments. So can you just, so we can get a, each one. So you for and, and educated mutual funds mm-hmm. because I think, and a lot of invest, I think that to pick stocks mm. and that's, that's so a very trading long and if all are to invest on the internet unfortunately that's all there is what the intervals and these top five stocks now and half of them aren't going to work out so what i what i try to do is um talk about low fee index funds which are either mutual funds or exchange traded funds and that honestly what a lot of professional investors do to make investing a lot more straightforward 
is you group investments into categories, whether it's types of bonds or types of stocks. And that is basically what an index is. And then you can invest, combine indexes in a way that's right for you. So it's honestly not all that different when you're building a meal plan for someone and you're breaking their calories out into the appropriate proteins, carbs, and fats. So an investment account for your specific goal, we would break into stocks, bond, cash. And the way we would get there is by using these really convenient index ETFs or mutual funds. Mm. Oh my gosh. See, even now I'm like, oh my gosh, what is all this? I first discovered new chair. I'm like, what? What are saying these words? I hope I can't be the only one out there. Only one. What the, because my husband does do, and he he understands mm-hmm. all this, helps me feel as well. And I think, you know, the problem, you know, we we don't. I mean, it's like, oh, we, they they got, really, you can't, you in, you know, there it's, it's uh, your nutrition or faith. let's talk about, let's go back to that. So it's get low fee yes. investments. Okay. Types of examples. Well, first all, uh, mutual funds. So great is typically prepackaged of stock group bass for invest to do all this or a bond. They package together for you and categories. So so much nicer instead of having one, some is in the U S get a large, and I know my money and it, it downs that you experience. So it's, and so like, for example, I'll just share, I, um, have Vanguard and that's my, um, retirement savings account. So that would be baskets of mutual funds and exchange traded traded funds. Correct. So those are probably some mutual funds that are holding baskets of stocks. Mm. So so you own, instead of owning like, you know, a stock is when you buy a share of stock for a company, you get, a, you now a percentage, you're a percentage owner of that company. Right. So, so now for the mutual fund, you're now a percentage owner of a group of stocks. Okay. So it's a bundle. So you now probably have shares. So you own a percentage of that mu- Vanguard mutual fund, which is a basket of stocks. Gotcha. So if like Ethereum or Bitcoin were part of this, but they're generally, generally not, but those are the two like main stocks that are used for, um, I guess, day trading, I guess you long-term trading, but that is generally different than what you're going to get from a company like Vanguard, correct? Um, yes. So Vanguard doesn't, as far as I know, they have not dipped their uh, offering into cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrency. So that's what Bitcoin and Ethereum are. Gotcha. But, but what's changed the system for cryptocurrencies are now a couple of companies, a type of exactly that, but it's a way buy Ethereum. There is the ability to do that. Basically, I don't know why I'm so like, let's Ethereum and, and, but we're like, okay, I I have my banding like coin. Like where you're going with people about it helps to have it. So Mm -hmm. there's like, which got your 
long-term and that's Vanguard and maybe a little more rend. you wouldn't want your pieces mm. of your overall someone. So or even thematic mutual fund, electronic vehicle, you know, there, there's just dial, maybe a teeny bit complementary to you, if you, that your emotion and this is panic when the market goes, you know, you know, actually it can be an opportunity basket because, oh, another basket, you're like, to the more long, long to the, the um, it, which is, and it's also, you know, it, Build right, whatever it is, you have a game and go to the Super Bowl, whatever load up the goal. So, you need to figure out what the right mix of offense and defense is for you, and that depends on the money goal. So, let's say for retirement, right? Mm -hmm. So, if you're in your 30s, there's once again, there are some just general guidelines to help people think about it. Um, and this is where you kind of also need to figure out how aggressive you want to be. But that being said, um, oftentimes to make it really straightforward, you could do something like you take, um, you start with a hundred. So, so we're like thousands. Then X could be in stocks. It, it goes back to that percentage, like carbs and fats, you break it into to break it into stocks or 30. And you're saying a good place to start is 30% in defense, which is cash and bonds. Someone who wants to, um, you know, compliment, maybe either dial could take a little, add it to stocks, be more aggressive or dial up need, you know, perfect answer right. of get the rum. And it's oh. good. The investment's cool. You need to add mm, or from whatever money, if you have a month. So let's say that you'd want in stocks and then the, so 70, $30 or 30% you would want in bonds. You, it kind of really more retirement accounts as you get older and you get different, you invest mm -hmm. because you need to spend the money. So that, that are, but they are very, but, but they also have small. Mm -hmm. Do you talk about property like your specialty? Specialty state also you just of each and what is what is the goal of the money and what's it for etc so i mean real estate is one of those things where it's less liquid it's a, it costs a lot to mm -hmm. buy it and it costs a lot to sell it and you're not going to just get to sell it if you want to you know you have to put it up for sale and the year you have to, um, you know as long as you're aware of kind of income versus expense, like what that looks like. Is it match spending more than, mm -hmm. and I'm all, as I'm saying a lot of, mm -hmm. I'm not, anybody wants to spend a lot of people off. We want to go shit from the mix over 30 years you hear with them. You're going to get not check your, and your money is, or anything. Okay. Look at my expense without nearly impact. Okay. What are you saying? Like, okay. Pay our cock and dollars right there, you know, building that to look at oh. it, dollars and a few hundred dollars, but looking aware of if you don't see um, it's free. and it can even help with investing, so it's really good and it's free. And there's others that some people, you know, but but they cost money. And I'm I there's so many free things out there that I'd, I'd rather 
have people use free <laughs> right more money on a subscription. Yeah. So now you are doing a workshop coming up, correct? Can you tell us what this workshop is? Okay. Yes, yes. Um, super excited. And this is, you know, February 23rd. It's for women. And I think, and to go over topics, because women are very hard on, on themselves and, you know, think that they should know this information already. And it's really not true because like you're saying, you know, you don't get taught any of this information in high school. They don't even teach it in college unless you're a finance major. So, um, and I, so I'm, I'm talking to women about the state of where women are in financial wellness in the country so that they understand they're not alone. Where are we? And Just so we know. <laughs> um, you know, we're, it's like 60% of all women do not feel confident that they could even retire at 65. Mm. And, you know, I think it's something like 26% of all women are invested in the stock market, which is a very low number. We say and that number again, 26%, 26% are investing in the stock market. Wow. Yeah. And that, like we were talking before, you know, over 50% of women do leave the finance and investing decisions all to their significant other. And, you know, it's, it, it isn't good. I agree with you totally that even just to be involved in the conversation um, is important. So, um, you know, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing to try and make it a lot easier to understand because literally only in the past, say five or six years, has there been so much choice available now to make it easier with exchange traded funds to really either do it yourself or understand it so you could have better conversations if you're someone that wants to have an advisor or not. Um, and then the other big thing because I think this also is what holds women back is 80% of all financial advisors in our country are men mm. and their average age is 55. Wow. So how many women really want to go talk to a stranger mm -hmm. who's an older man, who's going to really feel like they're being understood and not judged right. and talk about the emotional issues around money. It's just, it's, you know, not working. So um, I, that's why I created these courses to help women understand in a straightforward way, all of these concepts so mm -hmm. that they can either get started now or hopefully in time, um, if they want a financial advisor, they can uh, learn how to hire the right one for them because I've also created a guide. What are some of the things like if they're like, okay, I feel overwhelmed when they are looking to hire a financial advisor, what are like the do's and the don'ts? What are like, what should they look for? Well, you, you need to understand that there's different types um, and it, and it depends on where they work. So, and how they get paid and, you know, so you just need to feel confident enough to ask the questions like, um, most advisors probably will 
recommend mutual funds or exchange traded funds. And that's how they, you know, you need to understand how they're getting paid because it's usually based off of commissions Mm. or they require a fee. So um, that's just, you know, you need to kind of ask that up front. How are you getting? Which one is better or worse? Which like if they take a commission or you, you pay a fee at front, is there one of them like you should try to avoid that? Um, I guess, so the real thing, the real issue for me and why I'm doing my business the way that I am, which is not the norm, is because the way the financial advice industry has evolved and been set up is that it really, to me, doesn't serve people very well that are starting out, don't have a lot of wealth already accumulated because many advisors that have been, have a lot of experience have minimums. They won't even take you on as a client without a certain amount of wealth, Mm. or they do have a minimum fee, which if you're only, if you're at the stage in your life where you're doing $50 a month or a hundred dollars a month, um, you know, that's not going to work. So if you end up, then you're going to end up going to a bank or something like that. And, you know, there, there are a lot of fees involved. It's, it could be a 5% commission right off the top. And then you're probably paying one to one and a half as time goes on. Mm-hmm. And that can erode your returns over time. So that's why I say it's gotten so straightforward now with exchange traded funds and so low fee with companies like Vanguard. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, with a little bit of knowledge, you could really do it yourself, at least in the beginning to get you started so that when you're in your forties, you have the wealth and life gets complicated and it really makes sense to have an advisor. Mm. But if nobody teaches you in the beginning, how are you ever going to get there? Right. So then how do you do it different as far as like the commission or the minimum or if somebody wants to come to you? Right. So, so here is the difference that I also talk about in my guide, that there's a difference between a financial coach, a financial planner, and a financial advisor. So I don't manage people's money. I've created courses and I do one-on-one coaching to help teach people how to make good decisions to do it themselves or Mm. hire the right advisor for them. Gotcha. So I, I'm more, I view myself more as an educator for a flat fee that is a lot more accessible than charging fees over time, you know, Mm -hmm. that adds up. Yeah. So I like more about volume and, and educate empowering people to do it themselves and make good decisions for the mm-hmm. long term. I just, that's what I would rather do. It's like, so. you can't hire somebody to work out for you, right? <laughs> Going back to that yeah. analogy, but you can coach somebody. Okay. This is how you do it. Yes. This is how you use that machine. And this is um, what you can offer. And then, so that's similar to what you do. It's like, okay, this, this is what does this. And you know, this is what's going to get you this result. And this is how you do it. So I, I like that um, you, you refer to yourself as an educator, not like, okay, I'm just going to take the reins and do it all your, you know, self. And because then 
ultimately at the end of the day, you're still confused. Somebody's managed my money, but I don't know how they're managing it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's why over the past 30 years, nothing's changed. Women still aren't, you know, feeling confident. It's because of that exact thing. It, it's mm-hmm. not, to me, it's not serving women well and getting them to where they need to be to make good decisions, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Where can listeners find you? I've got my website at deborahostroma.com where all my services are listed. I've got free guides. I've got a um, free workshop on my website. Awesome. I'll leave that all in the show notes. And some of you guys might've seen or heard that Deborah is a sponsor of the show. So I really appreciate you, you for that. And, um, just women supporting women. I think it's huge. That is a big, um, catalyst of why I do what I do is just being able to support other women. And that's why most of the people I interview on here is women getting the word out and building your business. Where can, are you uh, active on social media at all? I am. I have uh, Instagram, which is Deborah Ostrom one is my handle. I've got a Facebook page. I'm on Facebook. Um, investing knowledge is my Facebook page. Awesome. And we will, uh, leave all of that information in the show notes so that, that people can, can find you. And I just, I appreciate you, you being on, and I hope the listener got, you know, at least one piece of advice. I know they're going to get so much more, but just at least one piece of advice where they can take it and apply it to their life and realize okay, just, just face your finances, come face to face with them, look at them. You know, what worked for me is just, I, I like spreadsheets. It's nerdy, but like simple spreadsheets. I just made a simple Excel spreadsheet with all of our finances, even though my husband, you know, does most of it and controls the stocks, you know, whatever part of the stocks. Cause I have my own stocks too, but anywho, I just wrote up all of our, um, income, where we get our income from. And then I wrote up our monthly budget and that helped me. All I had to do is, you know, just look in our bank account, see what we were spending and, you know, broke it up into category food, um, Amazon purchases, gas, uh, you know, other expenses, but that is, that's a tip that I use that hopefully you listeners can, if you're like, I don't even know where to start, start there. Just come face to face with it. <laughs> totally awesome advice. It's that's yeah. great. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And if you love this episode, please make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Screenshot this episode, share it with your friends, your family, any woman in your life that are like, okay, we need to take control of our finances. We need to be empowered to do so. Spread the word. It It starts with you. And remember, you got this. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, make sure you are subscribed so you know when more episodes come available. My goal is to inspire others to become their vision and one way to get the word out is with reviews. I would really appreciate it if you left an honest review on iTunes and it would mean so much to me. 
Thanks again, and remember to go after the life you want. Bye, guys. Bye.